0: April 19, twenty one, it's a for Pedro show. <laughs>
1: we labor for our own deception, truth, though unwelcome, we sometimes intrude upon the mind.
0: Why well, for Pete Rochelle, Happy Monday? Started off John Coltrane, Don't Take Your Love from Me, and then Steve Drizos with As- Axiom, which is the name of his new album. And, you know, Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point a couple miles south of here because we are still in quarantine, but I am definitely not man alone because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I have Mr. Steve Drizos with me. Welcome aboard, Steve. Cheers. Good morning to you, Watt. Yeah, we're in the same time zone but you're a little bit north. Maybe. Yeah,
2: man, you're just right down the road.
0: One time I had a couple of years ago, the second man were opening up for uh, X at the whatever that place is called, Sunfish, Starfish, something like that room. And we had to drive back to Pedro in a big-ass rainstorm, and it took us, I don't know, 18 hours. Brutal. <laughs> but we, like Ishmael, we lived to t- tell the tale. Yeah. So let's talk, enough about Watt and his shit. What about you and your journey through music? Steve, please bring me your earliest musical recollection.
2: Oh, man, you know, like, uh, a lot of musicians my parents were the early influence my 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 old man especially he was uh he still is but uh he's he was a semi-professional drummer played in a beatles cover band in the 60s and just had a massive love for all things beatles um pre pre pre-drug beatles you know pre uh pre-long hair beatles and uh so he really got me influenced early i remember uh Hearing paperback writer for the first time and hearing that guitar and being like, man, I don't know what that is or what I'm feeling right now, but I like it. And I want this is I want to I want to I want to follow this feeling and, and see see what's going on here. Uh, so he was really the first influence, got me started playing drums real early. As soon as he got me a drum kit, he bought himself a guitar and uh, started jamming together. And that's really that was that was my that was my first experience and my earliest influence.
0: Well, because he was in that. By the way, I heard that Paul McCartney did that guitar solo in that tune. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Truth no, be told, no. truth be told, the man can play everything. Yeah. Uh, now, because your pop was in that band, did he have a drum set in your pad before you got your own?
2: When I was real, when I was real little, I had some early memories. Yeah, but then he got rid of it. Uh, so I think he was real eager for me to get started, so he could have a drum set in the house again.
0: And, and was it like in your room or? Garage no, or-
2: it was down in the basement, basement of, okay. our, of our house, and uh, you know, looking back, man, my family was so patient with me just banging the shit out of those things. <laughs>
0: um, well, he was a
2: banger, so he was yeah he was he was he was a hundred both my both my parents were just so supportive of it you know they i think they just knew early on like this was this is what i was doing there was never a plan b and uh even when i decided to drop out of college to pursue music they were like well yeah of course you know i was never like you should go back to school it was like we know this is what you're doing
0: what about before that like grade school shit were you in the marching band or the choir
2: yeah i did all that i started i started taking lessons when i was about 10 and was in the orchestra uh early on and then moved on to the jazz ensemble in junior high and high school um did a little singing in the choir um and then i started playing guitar about probably 15 or 16 years old just uh teaching myself chords and um and just started writing songs, really. I was never a guitar player who was, like, learning, you know, learning cover songs. I just started writing stuff kind wow. of on
0: Well, you said your pop was playing guitar. Did he help teach?
2: Yeah, he taught me some bar chords and uh, um, just simple kind of one, four, five progressions, C minor, F, C, A minor, F and G stuff, you know, like all the classic foundational stuff.
0: Yeah, how many 50 songs you used that?
2: Oh, all of them.
0: A minor. C, F, G.
2: Yeah, yeah that, he told me that and he, he, he gave me Indiegata De Vita and was like, you learn this drum solo and you'll be set.
0: Well, you that's know? the other way, right? The lick, the riff. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: and that would had that boom, boom, plap, boom, plap, boom, boom, plap, It's a takeoff, it's actually, on the Gene Krupa. Now, I asked you about marching band because if you, you're slinging the field drum, that means you're playing traditional, and I wonder, did you go to match grip later because of the rock and roll
2: i never I never started with traditional grip. I was always matched, I was always matched um
0: because you know you you wear that drum right you sling it on the side that's where that came from right
2: yeah so. yeah, yeah I you know i I started playing uh I started on the bass drum because that's what the freshman always had to carry was the bass drum. <laughs> And uh, would always step in horse shit in the parades and stuff because I couldn't see where I was going. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then I think I—I I don't think I think I skipped snare drum and went straight to like the the quads, you know, like the the toms. Yeah, those are bitching. Now those yeah. are like
0: kind of in a big old setup, so you don't have—you're not really slinging it. It's so yeah. I can see match. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what about the thing? Not after school, but after school in the afternoon. So your buddies—the basement band, the garage band, the bedroom band—did you do that?
2: I did later on. My most, my majority of my after-school jamming was putting on Zeppelin records or like Kiss Alive and putting the headphones on and playing along to them. (laughs) <laughs> it was, like, it was this great escape, like, you know, like, I didn't, I, you know, I wouldn't get invited to, like, the cool parties, and I didn't play sports, so I would, like, I'd put the headphones on and play, you know, like, All the World's a Stage by Rush or, like, all this stuff, uh, or Exit Stage Left, and, uh, and I would, like, I would envision, like, you know, all the cool kids and the cute girls in school looking at me and being like, oh, he's so awesome, <laughs> man. That look. You know? There's,
0: there's something to be said about that technique, because George Hurley, Minuteman drummer, he taught himself drums by buying My Generation and Stanley, Billy Billy Cobham, Spectrum. Yeah. And with yeah. the headphones, those two albums <laughs> is what taught him drum He just fucking manhandled it and powered through that shit.
2: Yeah, that's how I learned so much of my stuff, is just playing along to, to records, playing the drums. Turning on the radio and playing to all like the pop hits and stuff. Can, can I ask you, what was the first record you bought with your own money? It was Ozzy Osbourne, "Bark at the Moon."
0: Oh yeah. And I what about know. the first gig you saw?
2: First big concert was Jimmy Page and uh, his the Outrider tour.
0: Okay, arena oh, my- rock, arena rock, yeah. So it now, uh, so a lot of this jamming was on your own. But did some dudes at school want to play with you?
2: Yeah, eventually, when I got later, later into high school, probably you know, fourteen, fifteen years old, and I started, I started finding the 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 rock and rollers, and yeah, we started jamming, um, playing a lot. I was a I was a metal guy, a metal kid for most of high school, so we would play some Priest and Maiden and stuff like that.
0: What about Bill Ward?
2: Yeah, oh my god, because
0: you know Bill Ward, I know that's you know. Right, Foundation for Metal and all that. But he's kind of a jazzy player. And he's got swing. Yeah, Rat Salad, the Fairy Wear Booth, the, that medley. Oh,
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that shuffle group. Of fairy yeah, absolutely. So badass, you know. And of course, like, you know, most drummers in the 80s, Neil Peart, you know, anything Rush was just like, you know, I mean, that was next level stuff. But uh, it was uh, something to shoot for.
0: Well, well, I was reading about Bill Ward. He says it was Ginger Baker because all the England rock and rollers wanted to do blues, which was cool, but then Ginger said, "What about the jazz thing?" and he kind of brought that in, and uh you know those are some bizarre patterns in uh cream maybe maybe that rush guy he wasn't original, right, but he ended up writing all their words and
2: shit, yeah, he came on I think on the second on the second album he came on board
0: yeah so Started what ready. What about these bands that you had did any of them do gigs
2: yeah yeah we start uh tell me
0: about the first gig
2: I man you know what the first gigs that i ever did was like i was saying earlier taking lessons pretty pretty early on and my drum teacher had his band with all the music teachers in school, and I started getting hired to play weddings with all the music teachers. So I was gigging with you know playing weddings and private events with all these like older cats who were all the music teachers. So the, those were my some of my very first paying gigs too.
0: Ah, so you did have to learn some copy songs there.
2: Yeah, I guess on the drums I did. Yeah, but yeah. you know it was cool. They would take me out. To, sure, like, the sure, bar. good
0: training, all that
2: shit. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: you know probably half of it was fucking hal blaine
2: (laughs) but you know what the most important lesson of that stuff was like how to how to like how to gig it wasn't about like so much the musicality it was like how to just be a cool cat oh yeah yeah get your shit because
0: the drummer the guy in the rear with lots of gear (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: yeah yeah (laughs)
0: right you gotta learn how to schlep all that shit
2: yeah, and just don't be, just don't be a jerk, you know. Yeah, just absolute, like, you know, absolutely. Do your job and be a and be a cool hang, and that's like that's 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 number one. Like you can get by with being an okay musician if you're a cool hang. If you're a great musician and you're an asshole, like yeah, you know, fuck that. Wanna look, <laughs> look, I want to
0: play something from the new record here, Juggling Fire. Beautiful. show. start that chunk of music off with Steve Drizos doing Juggling Fire. Then brand new from Guided By Voices, Bob Pollard. Got put out an album every three months. <laughs> this guy. Love it. <laughs> Dayton. There's something in the water. Dayton. Uh, dirty Kid School. And I was warned. There's a cuss word. I think he says shit in his song, so watch out. people. Or you already heard it. <laughs> Too late. Marco Serrano Raul Cantizano after that, uh, from Seville, or Sevilla, Spain, Andalusia, huh? and this tune is Cantachapo, uh, stand-up bass and flamenco guitar, man, improvised. Why not? Fuck it. Bama's <laughs> Prendin, after that, from D.C. These cats maybe recorded 6,000 songs over 40 years, did five gigs. They're still going. <laughs> Uh, in the shadow of the wing of the thing too big to be seen, from Nadja and Body Kite, brand new ear canal surgery from Wales. Tim Hull house with Freud finally static. Steve Drizos. Okay, so uh, probably the web band stuff. Does that go past high school?
2: No, no, that was just in high school. I went to then I went to college and played in the some jazz ensembles there um and then I started playing with this cat uh named Charlie Orlando and we started this band called Dexter Grove and okay. uh and that's when I I dropped out of school because we were we, we just started touring and uh that's what I wanted to do so that was about 1995 when I started doing that
0: and uh probably first i5 tour right because I got to tell the listeners if you're on the west You know, the port side of the country here. There's a big chunk of miles you got to do to play the rest of it. So in the meantime, I-5, right?
2: Yeah, but this was, uh, I'm from New York originally. So that that band started on the East Coast.
0: Okay, so Uh, I-95 then, what? Yeah, yeah. So you know, i, I, I ninety five tour's got a lot more places
2: to play. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, you can you know you could drive twenty minutes and hit another college. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like two years straight. Um so, I, I yeah. didn't
0: know. I didn't I, know. See, my pop was right. He said, "Boy, that word wasn't spelled that way by accident." When you make it, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're Portland now, but not in. I should have asked in younger days. What part of New York?
2: Upstate New York, right? I grew up right outside of Albany.
0: Oh, okay. So some Hudson Valley rock. Yeah, you know, a lot correct. of people from Manhattan and Brooklyn and shit moved up there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally you know, people think New York is just one big city, but man, it's gorgeous country once you yeah. age, once you get north of there. Actually, heavy withers, <laughs> Oh my god, brutal. Do you brutal do? You,
0: uh, you, uh, uh, are you familiar with a pad called Schenectady?
2: That's where I grew up, right outside. of Oh country.
0: shit! Okay, I lived there for a couple of years because there GE had a nuclear plant. My pop was a machinist mate in nuclear engine rooms in the Navy. No way, pinchy way. <laughs> I not shitting you, shit like, Steve. No and so, it, actually, the little town was called Boston Spa.
2: Yeah, do you know you know Scotia?
0: Well, fuck! I was really little.
2: Yeah, I was. I mean, Boston Spa was like. Five miles from where I grew up.
0: Okay. in like, there was nobody. There was a guy across the road and that was it. We were in the woods. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was only a couple years. My little, little sister was born there, but he got trained there. I think they just closed that plant down. It was a big black sphere because yeah, they yeah. had that problem in Idaho with that plant going critical. So they had containment and that was the first one. So, Okay. Okay, so you're in that region, man. Yeah, there's a lot of gigs I can understand. So so the Dexter Grove, where'd that name come from?
2: Uh, Dexter was a nickname of mine in college, and there was a town not too far. I went to college outside of Syracuse in this town called Oswego, New York, which was right on sure. Lake Ontario. That's Talk a about-
0: native people name, right, right.
2: Yeah. Talk about brutal winters, man, as I was <laughs>
0: The snow belt, right, or something. Like from Buffalo across Lake Erie, it just slaughters, man.
2: Yeah, man, you just get dumped on. So there's this there is a town called Dexter and a park named Dexter Grove. And... Oh, okay.
0: So regional reference. That's that's yeah. very cool.
2: So we grabbed it and took it.
0: And man, I dig the fact you being a drummer, man, you're a key guy to the band. You're not just some mouse, you know, the guy who gets blown up. <laughs> No, I well, want The biggest mistake the Minutemen made was having George Hurley. In a, you know, last 20 years, I've had all my drummers downstage. They're right at the front, right on the lip. Because it's yeah. rhythm music. Why be in denial?
2: Yeah, that band, Dexter Grove, we were a two piece. So it was, you know, it was pretty equally split as far as, uh, you know, who was getting the attention. and we And I did a lot of songwriting, even though I wasn't the singer, but I wrote a lot of the material as well. That, that's Very cool. cool. Now, did you write on drums, or did you write no, on guitar? No, I wrote on guitar. I wrote okay. on guitar. But have you ever composed on drums? You know, no. Uh, there's The the title track off my record, Axiom, started with the drum groove, and I wrote the song around it. But I think that's the only time I can think of that I did that.
0: Well, I'm asking because, you know, Chico Hamilton, Hamilton tried to get songwriting credit in the 60s. Drummers, you know, the notes don't last long enough. <laughs>
2: no. no. Just say how that not
0: that's bullshit. Now, I, I I kind of bring this up because I use the bass as a composition. I mean, okay, it's not traditional, but fuck it. Yeah,
2: yeah, whatever <laughs> inspires you, you know?
0: Right, and I know a lot of one-man band records. They Like Dave Grohl told me when he did the Foo Fighter, it was drums first. Stevie Wonder did the drums first. Prince did the drums
2: first. Yeah, didn't Massive do that for like the first That's time? That's right,
0: Jay did too, right, the drums yeah. first. Of course, you know, instead, instead of building a song around a fucking click track.
2: <laughs> yeah. And hey, I just listened to that Witch record that he plays drums on. Oh, yeah. That's so fucking good. Well, you know, <laughs> he
0: was a drummer first. Dinosaur was just a joke thing on the side.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah isn't that... that a trip? To, to happen with Chili Peppers, too, the joke band becomes bigger than the real band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, that's life. So, uh, let, uh, what happens with uh, Dexter Grove?
2: well we toured hard for 10 years we did like 250 shows a year for for about 10 years and uh we just got burnt out you know it felt like it kind of just reached a place where it wasn't going anywhere and uh i was tired both of us we were just tired living out of a van um all the time you know the last couple of years we were just we were homeless and just on the road and uh it, we we just got burnt out, so that band stopped in two thousand four, and that's when I relocated to Portland.
0: Okay, and uh, do you start something on your own right away, or do you start helping other people?
2: No, I started getting gigs. The gig I have now uh, is with a band called the Jack Mormons, Jerry Joseph and the Jack Mormons. Yeah, and I've been drummer drumming with them for about fifteen years. Uh, so I knew Jerry before I moved out here. So I got I got that gig pretty quickly and that's and i've been doing that ever since
0: oh wow okay so right, right when you get to town you, you, craig list or i mean how'd you find them
2: uh we had known each other from doing by my prior band dexter Girl, was had done shows with jerry shared ah, shared share the stage yeah. so just kind of uh rekindled that friendship and yeah i did some odd jobs for a few years to get myself back on my feet um sure sure but- just yeah just got back in the van
0: but but that should uh listeners out there see that you play with a band you never know down the road you might be in that dude's band Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so don't don't be an yeah. asshole there you go
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like That's you were right. saying right be a good, be like a good them. hang be a good hang <laughs> i love it i love it really good okay steve we're at the end of the first hour april 19 2021 what Pedro show special guest Steve Drizos. Hold time for hour two. April 19, 2021. It's the second hour of Watch for Pedro's show. You
3: change the locks.
4: de The love that you create
5: Maar de talloze halfabrikaten van olieraffinaderijen fietsen voor mijn ogen. gebogen zonder zelfs maar eens te knipperen. Blijf ik dit mijn klikken. ik bestel voor het vermogen. Willen noemen, willen, dat wil ik eigenlijk niet. Als ik de portefeuille verdwijnt, pijn en verdriet. Halverwege de nieuwe maan klinkt het einde van het lied. Maar ik ben altijd op de bocht, dus daarmee eindigt het niet. Lange termijn plannen en korte termijn verleiding. En de te krappe afschrijving te weinig spreiding door de baan van de dag. Geef ik geheid toe aan de neiging om thuis goed Hebben nummer, hebben nummer, hebben nummer, hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Hebben nummer, hebben nummer, hebben nummer, hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Ben als een kind het voor het eerst een Sinterklaas-catalogus te pakken krijgt, de kruis alles aan, ik schrap niks van de lijst. Geheide het elke keer opnieuw, iets te bevallen lijkt. Fenomenaal, totdat je het in de handen krijgt, want dan blijkt dat het eigenlijk niet zo tof is. Rondlopen met de sneuwsmoel van de bloedvis. Stoppers, is dat wat er van mijn leven verboden is? Ik weet zeker dat consumptie niet de oplossing is. Ho op trift, kasten voor met zitram geparikateerd. mijn grot zit op Ik struggel al over alles daar op de grond ligt. Ik zie al weken lang geen zonlicht. hebben noem het hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Hebben noem het, hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Misroostige projectie van
1: misplaatste emoties en consumeren van wegwerpenpartikelen.
5: Zo gedaan! Hebben om het hebben, om het hebben, om het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Ik zit vol maar, mijn ogen zijn groter dan gezond is. Ik stop niet voordat mijn buikje strak er rond is. Gestroomde potvis doe me terug in de branding. Lukt niet eentje, kom op, roep de bemanning vooruit. Ik heb vast nog wat ruimte, schuiven maar naar benen. Dit kleine stukje vlees geef ik niet aan de arme kinderen. Do dit te denken ben ik er niet langer gehinderd. Zet de sluizen wijd open, morgen ga ik misschien wat minderen. Alleen met de muziek kan ik de maat houden. Voor de rest gaat het vandaag in het gaat, te gaan, wat maak je me nou? Elke dag en wat maak je me nu, wat maak je het nou? Een extra gaatje in de centuur. Hebben noem het hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Hebben noem het hebben, noem het hebben, noem het hebben. Maar ik wil het helemaal niet hebben. Nee, ik wil het helemaal niet hebben.
4: Hands in on my knees. If you're needing me, stranger thoughts spin around my head. Too much chemistry. Feel the gray skies creeping in, out of sound. Will this winter break my fall? Will you be around? Always come to my defense with such eloquence. I could never let you see. It was killing me. Goes down if you play a right. So we find the ones we love hold each other tight. Always come to my defense with such eloquence. I could never let you. Ah! Uh-huh.
0: from Pedro show. Started the second hour off with Steve Drieslow's doing You Don't See That Now. Then uh, Ben Salter featuring Georgia Knight, Data Mining Blues. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. Justice Yeldon, Sydney. after that. Uh, 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 ever again. Brother Lucas. Snez Snez uh from Chicago, 1,000 years. From uh, Nashville, Nashville, uh, Kalinich and Tivin with fight for peace. <laughs> Even Mackay would say something like that. I'm violently pacifist. He told me once. I'm violently a pacifist. Okay. Uh, and then, Heben uh, om Heben from Van, Van, no, Van Van Dag, Dead dog. Fuck. Oh, sorry for slaughtering another language. That's the Dutch one. <laughs> and uh, those uh, Groningen cats. And finally, Steve Driesos, softer, please. But, you know, not a command,
2: just, just a plea. <laughs> so this new album, Maxim, where'd you do it? I recorded it uh, at my studio. I have a studio uh, here at my, my house in Portland. I love that. I love the more and more cats
0: at play are recording themselves. I think that's a great fucking thing. Really. Yeah. How'd you get yeah. into it, Steve? What's that? How did you get, how'd you get into it from being a man, you know, like, right, right, like a bad man, right, to also a band man and recording man?
2: Well, it's from just loving being in the studio. And uh, I, uh, I always was just fascinated with how everything worked and was just had this curiosity and. And it was a combination of that and and the frustration of knowing how I wanted something to sound, but not being able to communicate it or having to have somebody between my idea and someone else twisting the knobs. I was like, "I got to figure out how to actually twist the knobs to make the shit sound like I wanted to sound
0: yeah uh, and and the it's... way you learn was it learning by doing?
2: uh you know i never was uh i would never was an apprentice or anything in a in a, in a studio or intern or anything i just i just uh started figuring stuff out on my own and slowly built my studio kind of from the ground up and started working with other bands and um man it's been really through this pandemic it's just been great the studio business has been keeping me afloat which is i'm so grateful for
0: I'm curious when you were you know back in teenage days did you get a four track a cassette four track or shit like that
2: you know i never had a four track but i had two boom boxes that i would bounce stuff oh ah, yeah the, yeah yeah you know i'd record something and then so play so it. you
0: were you were experimenting early as, uh, as a recorder yeah. man okay okay that's great that's great and then you turn one of the rooms in your pad
2: into a a drum so room I, the entire basement of my wife and I's house is – we've got a pretty good-sized tracking room, and there's yeah. a spare bedroom that I blew wall out, put a window in, and yeah. made it into a control room. Um, we have a grand piano upstairs. My wife's a piano player. We have a grand piano upstairs, so the whole house is wired up. I can plug shit in any mics in anywhere.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. And what, what do you call your studio? The Panther. The Panther. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the puzzle – you puzzle Panther was uh... – well, Darby, uh, the Germ singer, had a panther tattooed on his arm. I remember him so bitching, jumping through a blue uh, circle. You know, so uh, the panther is the home of the Axiom, right? Now, yes, sir. Uh, what was the process? Did you make like demos? Like you, you were talking about the title song of the album actually came from a drum trip, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my process, yeah, was I would demo everything out, sort of playing as many instruments as I could and then sort of realize, getting the songs realized and then, you know, putting lyrics down and, and vocals down. And then, and then I would sort of deconstruct it. I would play, the keeper drums to the demo and then strip everything away. And either I would play the guitar. Like I played all the guitars on it as well, but I brought in bass players and other singers and keyboard players and kind of built it from the ground up. Then,
0: Now, when you brought in those other cats, did they bring their parts or did you write their parts?
2: You know, I started 100% in control. I got, you know, I was such a control freak and I just wanted it to, I, I was just, clutching it with a death grip if it has to be this way. And then I realized that that's not the way to, if you're going to bring people in, that doesn't work that way. Like you got to have, you got to have their soul and their, their essence and whatever they're bringing to the, to the table part of it, you know, otherwise what's the point? You're right, man.
0: I mean, if you're the boss, yeah, you can tell people what to do, but really get the best. You got to learn to inspire. Yeah. Yeah, man. People ain't figured that out because you know, I think it's conditioning. Just being the boss is it. They don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, trying to, trying also- to get good performances out of people. They don't, until they've been there, they just think that's the whole goal of life is being able to tell people what to fucking do. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. power, you know, the sense of power uh, versus the sense of crea- uh, creativity and coming together with other cats. I want to play this uh, covering your eyes.
4: Please don't mistake my words as acts of confidence. I'm the best on the inside. She said, You're just like me, hurt in places they can't see. Your cards tight to the outside. Now you're covering your eyes before this even starts. You're covering. part of reaching out is then they come around easy and tie it off bury it deep beneath the ground now you're covering your eyes and you're hardening your
0: For Peter's show, covering your eyes, Steve Drizos. Then we had Mar- uh, Manlio Maresca and Manuel Ferrer's Panic Trio out of Berlin, Manlio doing ban- uh, banjo paper style. His music is fucking mato, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and then some stuff from Italy, huh? From Bali. Irmo Victor with Os Gac- uh, Gacons. Sorry, that's French, yeah. Il Claro. Sponge Fisheye from Alexander DeLarge and then finally Take You Home Steve Drizos. So you know we were talking about uh you come up with the demo. What about that part? What 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 inspired you know, why aren't these all the same song? Why are they different songs? How how, how do you get like stuff like that?
2: Well, a couple of the songs were stuff I'd been sitting on for years, and that I just never finished um but uh, the the kind of the theme of the record was uh you know I was going through some pretty big personal changes in my life at the time, and uh I really just needed something to focus on something kind of cathartic to get me through this uncomfortable period um and so that's what a lot of that. I decided to be kind of honest about um about where I was at at the time. And that was the inspiration for the, a lot of the, uh, the lyrics of the record. Um, and, where, and, and
0: where do the words come? Do they come first and then the music or the music? Well, can I ask you about the titles? When do they come?
2: Titles usually usually come from a chorus. Whenever I get the chorus to come around, uh, that's most of the time where I'll and I think most people do that. We'll grab it from the chorus. Well, that's uh,
0: that's why I ask because I always have to have the title first, or I don't know what the fucking song is about.
5: Yeah, <laughs> nobody yeah. I
0: know does that hardly. <laughs> so that's why I asked you. So, so uh, back to the words. Do they? Do you have like the notebook
2: full of your spiel? uh yeah notebook last couple of years it's the you know my my phone i'll be just driving around and something i'll see something or an idea coming. come and i'll just jot it down on my phone but um but yeah it's just uh write everything down that's what i try to do um never say oh i'll remember that and i'll put it down later. Yeah, we
0: know that <laughs> that means right. it's fucking gone. bye bye adios yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i know about that one so, so you you build up uh, like a batch of lyrics, and then as the
2: music comes, you fit the words to the musics. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's kind of okay. my process. But with this next, with the songs I'm working on right now, I'm trying to start with melodies first. Like not even not even think about chord progressions, but just yeah. start singing melodies in my head and actually put the chords around the melodies. And it's just a different approach to writing mean, song. Yeah, like
0: scat, like in jazz, those uh, cats with there's, there's no real words, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to be singing a song and it's going to, like, it's got to have a melody. That's what connects emotionally, people connect with. Isn't I, absolutely.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know uh, I mean, rhythm and groove is very, that's the vehicle, right? But, like, kind of the message is in the melody, huh?
2: Yeah, that's that's the emotional connection, you know. The, the, the rhythm gets people moving, but the melody is what people are going to sing in the shower. <laughs>
0: right, right. And and then and then there's something in between, and you being a drummer, man, you know about this syncopation. So yeah, you right, you got that groove, but then there's ways of breaking it up, right?
2: And, yeah, that's, and, it's and, and when you
0: mix that up with melody, I think that's where a lot of good rock and roll, or just music, period. Yeah, can I ask you, what do you think about the idea of genre and different? This idea that music is different things.
2: I mean, I can see where it serves its purpose a little bit, but, I mean, at th- at this stage of the game, there's so many uh, subcategories, you know? I mean, an example is uh, this, you know, putting my music up on, like, streaming services, and you have to pick, like, what's your category? And then there's, like, five subcategories you got to choose. I'm like, it's rock. I don't know what it is, like.
0: You know, because uh, they're trying to fucking airbrush you into the algorithm world. Exactly what it is. <laughs> it the is. bondo, the the you know when you get a used car, you always bring a magnet right in the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> There's bondo waiting. It it's gonna drop right to the deck. Look, we're at this end of the second hour, April 19, twenty one, dishwa Peter Show. Special guest Steve Drizos. Hold tight, fire three. April 19, twenty one. It's the third hour. A lot for Pedro Show.
6: Is that
0: Watch for Pedro Show. Started the third hour off the melon stand. And this is from Jenny Connolly and Steve Drizos. And this ain't from the Axiom album, people. This is another pry. And uh, yeah, trippy. I mean, not a lot of lyrics, but. Some A lot of accordion, though. Yeah. Beautiful. And then uh, Banjo from Alaska, from Tommy Dahill with uh, Pure Powder. A lot of boogie system with sortie. Ooh, boo, roo, ice head. Uh, don't, uh, don't think you can escape your purpose from you do right. A couple things from Canada there. And then finally, Dexter Grove, the band we were talking about earlier, people. Life. And I guess this ain't from the old days, though, because Dexter Grove has been resurrected.
2: Yeah, it was a quarantine resurrection. All right. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about that before we get to, you know, the, the other one, Jenny Conley and yourself. Uh, so you and your partner, after all these years, maybe 15 years?
2: Yeah, just about that. Wow.
0: Okay. And did he come over to Portland? Or did no, he trade no. files over the Internet?
2: We use we technology. Yeah, we yeah. Technology.
0: See, people... You don't have to just use the internet for spreading bullshit. You can also trade files and make
2: music. Yes, yeah, it's uh, he. He had a, We had been talking about it for years of collaborating again on something, and uh, he sent me this demo of his, and it really kind of bent my ear. And I was like, "This is great!" And so traded files back and forth, and uh, and I did all the I mixed it here uh, at the Panther, and uh, and yeah, we decided to put it out.
0: So he went first, and then you jumped on to put on some drums and stuff. Yeah,
2: I think what happened is kind of similar process that we talked about earlier. I think he sent me a, a scratch guitar and vocal to a click. I played drums to it, and then he did his keeper guitar vocals. Um, I added some extra stuff. My wife put some keyboards on it and uh, mixed it, and and out it went out into it was the world. Beautiful. Went.
0: And speaking of your wife, uh, the melon stand. Tell, tell us about that. I mean, it's a whole album, right? There's only one song from that album. Yeah,
2: the record, it's called, uh, the title of that record is called French Kayaking Music, and it comes from a soundtrack that my wife and I did years ago for this documentary about these uh, these French kayakers who went down the Grand Canyon in, like, the 1920s, and they found all this color footage that they shot. Um, it was amazing. It was, like, all, like, pre-damned. Uh, footage of the Grand Canyon. And so, uh, so they asked uh, us to write the soundtrack for it. And so that's, I mean, then we released it as a record.
0: How'd you do that? Would, would you watch the, the the old footage and and then jam along to it?
2: Yeah. They would send us, you know, like, here's this scene. And then, uh, you know, there's sort of the, you know, the characters in the film, they wanted a theme song for sort of each character and uh, so there's just a lot of back and forth, um, you know, up until about a month before the release of the record. then it's like every day there's edits. And then we have to edit the music to their edits. And it gets pretty intense. But it was a great experience, great learning experience. You know, when you listen
0: and watch the mold cartoons, right, from the 50s, 40s, same shit, right? They had to edit that music to the crazy shit that your eye is seeing. Yeah, yeah. And man, that's, you know, the hammer comes down, the saw, I mean, the yeah. finger, light socket, all that shit. Uh, so at least your thing moved a little slower.
2: It was, uh, it was, yeah, like I said, it was, you know, about a two-year process. And then the first, you know, year and a half or so is very little uh, communication. And then all of a sudden it's just like bam, 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 go. <laughs> and, and that's done. Was, Ma- wow.
0: But much different than like a, a rock and roll record.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, plus you plus know, you're, only, you're talking to directors who don't speak in musical terms, so you're trying to translate their, you know, can you make this sound a little more sunny? And, you know, like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. More spaghetti, more baguette. <laughs> more, yeah, I guess that means more high in the reverb. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a trip. But it's all art, right? So it's all expression. Yeah, and I, I, a, I love the idea of it coming together. Why should they be such separate worlds anyway?
2: No, no, it's all emotion. Right, to right. Get-
0: Here, I want to play something that ain't on the album, but it's part of, I think, the whole dealio, something called Color Safe.
2: Right.
6: Beauty hung upon a broken stem, upon a broken stem. I heard them say, What need to care? With roses budding everywhere, I did not answer them. I did not answer them, I did not answer them, I did not answer them. Fill the sky What reason to be sad What reason to be sad There was a girl Whose lover fled I did not wait the while They said There's many another lie many another lot There's many another lot There's many another lot
0: Last music for this edition. Color safe from Steve Drizos. And then wove it with Eidolon Ring. Unacceptable from while. Well, I wonder if it's while it's two V's next to each other. So is it v- v- vile? But two V's next to each other look like a W. Double U, get it? Double V Yeah, U and V with uh, Romans, right? Same letter. I and J too. Miriam Gedrin Gend, uh, after that, Solace. And finally, Steve Drezos. Liminal space. Liminal. Trippy word. Conj- conjures an in- image in Watts' head. So, now, uh, now, now, when you get a record done, do you start thinking of the next one?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I do. Well, I guess the I guess the right answer is, you know, between the time a record's done and when a record comes out, as I'm sure, you know, can be months. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Um, so. So, yeah, I, once this record was finished, I kind of I'm already started to you know, move on to the to the next project and think about the next project. And
0: how um, do you want to do it different or do you want to do it different?
2: Yeah, I want to do I it's, there's a lot of things I want to do different. I was this, I learned so much. This was my the first record that I made under my own name and um had done almost everything myself. So yeah, I I I learned a lot from it. I learned what not to do on the next record more than anything else, more for, than what I want. To
0: for do example, myself. for example,
2: uh don't not to be uh so much in control of everything. Uh let it let it breathe a little bit. Don't try to cram uh so many ideas into every song. Um everything when I when I listen back to it is everything sounds I'm really proud of it, but I hear uh, you know, I hear I hear my insecurities in in some of the production ideas by trying to like cram a bunch of shit in it or maybe it didn't need it.
0: What do you mean like uh, gilding the lily? <laughs> you know like Cuz to me it sounds good, man. I mean I think your well, studio's got some good fucking sounds, brother. I
2: appreciate that. I I, I do. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I, I am, I'm, I'm i I'm very proud of it, but, uh, but uh, I just, you know, putting out my first record, there's a lot of insecurities involved. Yeah, in absolutely.
0: It. And maybe it's a good idea not to break your arm, pat yourself on the back anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, certainly <laughs> I, in my whole career, I've been hiding behind the drums supporting other people and then to come out in the front i was like oh shit man this is like i'm naked out here and it's terrifying
0: whoa e- e- even when you it was kind of 50 50 with the dexter grove
2: yeah but it still wasn't i still wasn't singing the songs you know i was writing okay up, okay, and okay. Yeah.
0: right right i guess that's always going to be that's why they call it the front man yeah yeah, the front man. Uh, well, you know, maybe a lot of stuff is getting redefined and, and stuff like that. So, so you're going to be a little looser on yourself with this next record.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and where can people find you on the internet? Well, they can go to stevedrizos.com. dot com. That's uh, Steve D R I Z O S. dot com. And also, they can. If you want to check out the studio, it's thepantherpdx dot com. That's got all the info about the studio.
0: Right. And uh, and
2: yeah, then there's Spotify and Apple and all that. Well, music. probably on
0: your website you got links to all that shit, right? Yeah,
2: we'll sure do. Yeah, yeah, good, good.
0: And uh, yeah, the Panther turned out to be a great asset, huh?
2: Oh, my God, I, I, you know, I I finished this big remodel on it December of 2019. And who would have thought that uh, that's the thing that would have, you know, have got me through this last year and change that shut down touring. But the studio business has, been, has just been cranking.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, also it adds to your uh, whatever expertise, like the learning by doing thing. Yeah. You bring these cats in, do you end up being like producer or co-producer
2: you know if uh, yeah just i think it's default if you're engineering a record and there is no there's no designated producer you kind of become default producer right right but uh that might not be a bad thing no. as long well, as it's
0: cool with the kids uh, the, the band cat, cats
2: yeah yeah i enjoy both both sides of it yeah I, I, yeah
0: yeah, it's a, also you. You offer the uh, what do you call that perspective, right? <laughs> the force for the trees thing.
2: Yeah, and you're also sometimes the the decision maker. You know, yeah, the God decider. Bands, <laughs> the bands arguing fifty fifty about it. Right, about right, right, right. So- to make the call. Well,
0: look, Steve, when you get this new record done, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about
2: it? And it would be my pleasure. Oh, bitch.
0: Very bitchy. It's been a big honor to have you aboard. Keep on keeping on, brother. People, it's
7: been April 19, 2021 edition of What Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.